Hi, my name's Lydia and I'm a human of HR. Hi, my name's Simon and I'm a human of HR. Hi, I'm Emma and I'm a human of HR. My name's Jill and I'm a human of HR. Hi, my name is Michael and I'm a human of HR. Welcome to Humans of HR, a conversation about all things HR. We keep it real, raw and refreshing. We're not afraid to ask the questions or go where others won't go. We're real people having real conversations about real topics. You ready? Let's do this. Let's do this. Here we are again on the fabulous Humans of HR podcast. Welcome uh, once again. Um, And I am joined here live, live, as live as we ever are anyway, in the fabulous uh, commons here in Melbourne, um, joined by Mish Farah-Eagles. How are you, Mish? Well, thanks, Dave. How are you? Very well, thanks. Excellent. Maddie Smith is with us again. How are you, mate? Good, good. I'm happy to be in the same room as everyone for once. That's awesome. It's fantastic. That beard is growing. It, it's actually shorter today. Oh I had wow. a trim. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's getting warmer now. Yep. No, you've got that Melbourne hipster thing going off really perfectly. I reckon. <laughs> and speaking of Melbourne hipsters and very fine human beings, we are joined for the first time by Alistair Shermer from Live Hi. Al, how are you? I'm really good. It's great to be here. Really excited. Awesome. It's awesome to have him here. Fair bit of beardage going on in here. We were just commenting on that before about the oh. spectacular amount of beardage in the room. But, uh, <laughs> without <does> not partake. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> yeah, you don't fit that description very well, Mish. So, hey, um, thanks everyone. This is, it's been uh, awesome to get the feedback. We, we are going gangbusters with this little podcast. And pretty, like, humbled to hear the feedback, the interaction and the connection yeah. from people. Um, you know, yeah. from far and wide. It's, it's been amazing how many emails... We've been receiving of people saying, my gosh, you just hit the nail on the head, what I've been thinking about, talking about, you know, and being in standalone roles in particular for a lot of people in HR. Yep. um, It's quite nice then to know that they're not alone and they'll have the same challenges that other people are having. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So appreciate the feedback. Um, Keep it coming. Um, Hit the subscribe button if you're listening to this now and this is the first time. Tell your friends about it as well. Um, It's fabulous. But that's, look, uh, today we got Al here. Um, Al comes from a great background in recruitment, talent acquisition, and he's also just jumped off a plane from Vegas. And whilst uh, normally whatever happens in Vegas has to stay there, <laughs> so they say. <laughs> I think we're going to ask you to open that vault up, Al, and share a little bit of insight from your week over at HR Tech Conference, which is the world's largest HR tech conference. Um, I've been there and, and stumbled into you a few times over the years. We sure <laughs> have. What, was that at a conference or was that at a separate occasion? Oh, you know, <laughs> they're all interconnected. Okay, go they're all interconnected. And once again, there's elements that stay in Vegas, so that's <laughs> yeah. fine. It's a very small world, but you know, he, had a, he had a baby with him and a tiger at the time. And, um, <laughs> oh, when they were filming the Hanover. <laughs> yeah, the facial tattoo, thank God, came <laughs> off. So that, was, that was nice. Well, Awesome. Hey, so look, for the listeners that have not experienced HR tech, can you just, just paint the picture of what it is and, and kind of what you experience there? Yeah, yeah. So, it's, so it is the world's largest HR technology conference and it's kind of a bit of a merge of both bucket loads of speakers, um, you know, 100 plus speakers, um, but really it's like a really large expo. So there's about 10,000 people that go to this conference um, and there's about, well, let's say 450, but I counted them, there was 510 actual vendors um, that are spread in an expo hall that probably makes up about three football fields. Yeah. So it's, it's a big wow. event. Um, I had about 75 that I wanted to talk to. I reckon I spoke to about 30, uh, yeah. you know, in the yeah. end because it's, it's a long, long day. 
Um, but it's amazing and, and a lot of it's um, really about what are the emerging trends and actually looking at the technology coming out of that sector. Um, but actually what are the core, and this is why this podcast is so great, is really what are the core themes associated to HR holistically, not just kind of TA and recruitment. Um, yeah. And so you know, what are all that life cycle? Um, so that was, that was really, really interesting. Yep. Yeah, so what are some of the trends? I mean, the thing for me that I've you know, been to, I think, about 10 in a row and missed this year. Mm. Bit of FOMO, I must say. <laughs> can't be everywhere, Dave. As I was lying on my sun lounge in Bali, I was really thinking about it. Okay, that. sorry, yeah, Al, yeah, um, yeah. Dave was As, as, I, was, was as I was lounging there? by the pool in Vegas, I was... Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> okay, boys. <laughs> there's, there's always quite a high proportion of vendors and, I guess, startups, innovators in that talent acquisition space in particular, which I guess is the, the leaning that you have. Mm. Um, what, did you, what did you kind of see this year and what were the things that were piquing your interest? Yeah, so, so I think the, um, over the last three years, probably the core track, and they talk about tracks at these events, um, has really been all about AI. So there's been a big sort of theme and track of AI over the well, artificial intelligence over the last three years. And if I think back three years ago, there was probably about three vendors uh, that were there the year after there was probably a good 20 and if I looked at all the 500 vendors about 70% of them were referencing AI in some way shape really? or form wow. um, this year so there's been an explosion um, of AI and I think the quote was it's becoming mainstream mm. so what was thought to become innovative is now just seen as mainstream is it now. mainstream or is it jump the shark uh, well I think there's a bit of jump the shark I heard a very interesting quote this morning from a friend of mine which is what's the difference between machine learning and AI so I'm not sure if you guys uh, know this but um it was saying if uh, if it was written in Python, it's machine learning. If it's Ooh. in a PowerPoint presentation, it's AI. Uh, and wow, so, uh, so I thought that was a really uh, interesting uh, interesting way of looking at it. So I think that there is a reasonable amount of um, kind of referencing it, but not necessarily having the the power underneath the hood yeah. uh, when it mm -hmm. does come to true AI. But I think the key theme there is that more and more technology companies are thinking about how tech can help enable better efficiency um, and augment the role of the human. I think that's kind of the key part, yeah, is how does the human in HR become more human and actually focus on value? I think that's what you just nailed then. You know, efficiency is an added bonus, but it's that humanization element. Like how do you create efficiencies that are going to bring or do something better or more effectively to benefit the human? Yeah, yeah, correct. And, and I think there's an interconnected pathway here that's happening, which is, um, you know, if you've got all this technology helping augment this and enable the human to be more human, and focus more on value. So, you know, how do you actually do the stuff that's less administrative and bring more value into the equation? What else happens after that? And this is the new emerging trend that's starting to come through now, which is about bias, fairness, diversity, and inclusion. Yeah. And that is the new emerging trend coming out of HR technology you know that we I, saw this year. So, how yeah. ironic is that? They're all human elements. Oh, yeah. Well, this is it. <laughs> And, and I think this is where there's been a bit of a, an implication or an impact of yeah. the, where technology plays, but also how, um, I suppose, how the, the awareness of this important topic has continued to be raised up um, and how tech is now thinking about, well, hang on, how do we solve for that? And how do we help actually address that equation That's as well? fascinating, yeah. isn't it? It's insightful. Mm. Indeed. So what, is, what the hell is AI? That's a bloody great for, question, for Hayden. The, for the non-technical people in our audience... What is AI? Mm. So, um, very simply, it's not the Terminators coming down into the street um, saying, I'll be back and chasing <laughs> you down the street. Um, really what it is, AI is fundamentally a spectrum. Um, and so, by saying that, you know, 
this is what AI is. Can it I just doesn't say, for those that don't actually even know what AI means, it's artificial uh, intelligence. Just recapping. Thank you, Mish. That's, no, uh, no, no <laughs> acronym city. Um, so, so I think the the very simplest way I like to describe it is that it's really thinking about how can um, sort of technology through human programming largely start to automate and do things that a human would otherwise have to be doing manual work for. That can be manifested. AI actually exists in probably everything you do today. Mm. So if you've got Siri on your phone, that's a form of AI. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's an assistant. Don't say Siri, she'll pipe up. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. I can't tell you the amount of times I've accidentally lent on my oh, phone, on my watch, yeah. and then Siri started mm. talking to me on my watch whilst I've been talking. And it's the very case of Siri. Yeah. It's very disarming when you're trying to... When you're trying to that's um, why I don't disable her. I don't need an extra person's voice around. Yeah, that's it. I've got, you've got, you've got enough kids at home, enough. yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm trying to tell one of my kids off and somehow I've pressed it and it takes whatever I'm saying, it's very, you know, very targeted and very disparaging to the child, um, and then it makes light of it with some sort of. I, I, I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to help you with that, but I can't help you with that. And the kid breaks up, you know, cracks up laughing, and I can't help. It just ruins the moment. Yeah. I walked into Jack's room the other day and I was like, What are you doing? He's like, I'm asking Siri for some facts on Big Ben. Yeah. Because he had homework to do on Big Ben, and instead of like looking it up, he was asking Siri. Uh, for the folks I was, home, I, was, uh, I was actually presenting to a client um, with 15 people in the room, accidentally lent on my watch, and Siri said, I can't help you with that, which was, uh, which was very disappointing, given <laughs> the middle of the presentation and pitch I was doing to one of the largest retailers in Australia. But that was interesting. Uh, funny. Surely they saw the humour in it. They saw the humour in it, yes, eight minutes, Eight and a half minutes in, and we've broken the... Um, Talk about your kids' rule again. So every podcast <laughs> oh, we've shit. done I so didn't far. I there was a rule. Since when did that well, come Well, I, I said on the last podcast that we were trying to go that. a podcast without talking about our kids. Oh, okay, next time for sure. We haven't I, gotten to sport yet, so that. doing well. Um, <laughs> do you watch the grand final, Maddie? I, I did actually, just in case I needed to talk about it today. Um, but what are some of the things, I guess, in HR tech that are kind of the equivalent of accidentally talking to Siri? Like, what are some of the things you think could go wrong with AI? It's a great question. Um, I think, you know, there's a really interesting example out of Amazon, actually, where they'd actually built um, some AI-based technology around how they actually screened um, talent uh, coming into their business for jobs and then found that the result of that, it was actually um, amplifying bias. Um, And so what it was doing was actually reflecting the bias of the person who had actually originally programmed the work and therefore the output of that was actually a really high proportion of of males um, being hired that were all Ivy League... Yep. Um, you know, people coming through, and All so white MIT graduates absolutely. with a fetish for Star Trek figurines. Exactly right. Exactly Did you right. Apply for a role? No, I was oh. knocked back. No, you got rejected. Um, <laughs> I'm into Star Wars. Do you know what? I actually, I actually <laughs> applied for a, a role with Amazon when they were moving to Australia, purely from an experience perspective, because I wanted to see what it was going to be like. The worst application process, and no one ever got back to me. Not an email, nothing. And for a company that sort of talk the talk, they mm. didn't walk the walk. Yeah, yeah, and and that's a, that's once again. I mean, going to come back to your point around you know what are the parts to AI and the implications mm. for that. I think there's another part to that which is experience more holistically. Mm-hmm. And so, we talk a lot about consumer grade, and that's where you know I think over time technology has been developed. We, we've at, we sometimes talk internally about decisions are made um, and dis- about purchasing on products by the ten to thirty people internally in procurement not actually decisions being made about the 30,000 people interacting with the technology day in, day out. Um, And so, you know, how do you kind of have that connection between that consumer style and consumer grade experience 
Um, and that's as much about the user interface. It's good, it's easy, you can do it on your mobile, as much as about it's intuitive in terms of the experience you actually interact with. And I, saying, I think the same goes with AI as well, you know, from that side is, is really about, I, I always go down the, first of all, define the purpose. Like what is it actually there to do? What is it actually trying to solve for? And that's no different AI as it is to any tech or any problem for that mm -hmm. matter. Start there first and then really think about what's the impact of actually putting that in to your internal workforce at the same time as well. And there's this fear around AI a lot, particularly within organizations that it's gonna take my job and everyone talks a lot about this. Yeah. The reality is, is actually is um, opening probably more time up for you mm. to do actually better work. And um, to be better and do some of the fun and sexy things. Absolutely. Not the stuff. Absolutely. absolutely. That is the promise, isn't it? Yeah, Tishing, has anyone had that automatic upgrade on their iPhone? Yes, this week? No. I got that this week. I got it this morning. I haven't I done got it off the yet. plane and went, my God, what happened overnight? Why is this, what, what you know, the usual stuff that mm. us, you know, middle-aged men find when technology changes out of nowhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which we love. It's all ahead um, of you, Matt. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> Jeez, thanks. And we said we promised we'd not talk about kids and we promised we wouldn't be ageist on these things. Damn it. Um, anyway, as he grabs his beer again, we, uh, it's beer o'clock here. It is, folks. it is. And we're having this conversation. It's a real mm. conversation, as these tend to be. The point about the apple... Mm. Um, there, it's an evolution of a lot of that. Um, I think it's kind of AI. I'm not oh, sure. Without exactly. a doubt. No, no, no. Where it it's get, it's giving you more tools to, yeah. to automate the stuff that's going on around you. So I was I was fascinated going through all the opportunities, these shortcuts thing yep. that they have, and it gives you the ability to build little um, sets of actions that um, are based on. Yeah, artificial intelligence. Really. And, I th and I think the the way I'd like to think about AI and any of these kind of spectrum parts is really about assistance. Yeah, you know, it's right. actually providing assistance. So the same thing with your Netflix. You can't think about what show you want to watch next, and Netflix is suggesting what you should watch. And so you kind of taking an element of the thought out of the process, the hard work of thinking, and going, ah, hadn't thought about that. Great. Or hang on, why on earth is that coming up in my suggestions? Because mm. That's a little bit unreflective of actually maybe who I am or what I like to watch. So also subjected to decision fatigue these days. Let's not make <laughs> another decision. You know, my brain is full. That's exactly know? right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Mm. And so, so I think you see that, you know, even coming here today, I quickly went onto Google Maps and looked at what yeah. was the most efficient way to get here yeah. and the fastest way given I was running late. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and I managed to actually trick the app and actually take a tram and walk at the same time. So, yeah. <laughs> But see, that's interesting you say that actually because... Quite often, I will look at something and it might suggest something else and it might give me a suggestion, but my intuition is telling me otherwise. Yeah. So, I then have to make a judgment call in that second as to whether or not I go with that, I do that, or I go what my gut's telling me. Mm. And sometimes mm. I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. Mm. But it's interesting. It, it gives you the ability to have that information at your fingertips faster, perhaps to be able to make decisions more effectively. Yeah. Don't know. Um, well, so there's an, uh, there's an interesting tech out of Sydney that we've been talking to recently and they're actually a AI-based behavioral interviewing technology. Huh. All phone-based though. And yeah, so you're seeing a lot of um, psychometric tools, yep. video interviewing tools, you know, things like that that are all great technology plays. But this is essentially trying to deal with it kind of on a couple of different levels. So, so candidate frustration is I apply for a job and I never hear back. Yeah. yeah. Typical candidate frustration, yeah? yeah? Mm -hmm. The other part to that is I apply for a job I heard back but I never got an interview. So I never yeah. had the chance to put my best foot forward. And you can try to do that in a two-dimensional format with your resume and a cover letter, and that's fine. 
what these guys have done have actually said, well, every single person that applies for a job gets a behavioural interview. Um, but it's all done via the AI and it's all over a telephone. And it's actually done with voice over IP with a whole bunch of got of follow-on and behavioural questions laid in based on what you say. Mm. So it's really fascinating in terms of looking at um, a problem and then thinking about how can tech help solve a problem. And then there's a next logical uh, follow-on from that is, okay, well, what is it replacing? Mm. Uh, and so if I have that, do I need a video interviewing? Do mm. I need psychometric testing? Do I even need a call center based over in Malaysia that would otherwise be doing all of these telephone interviews anyway? Yeah. Um, mm. And so you start thinking about all the efficiencies and what can it kind of unlock? Yep. But then does it remove that basic human need for connection? Well, it, yeah. So, so once again, I think that's interesting, isn't it? Because if you didn't have any chat of any sort, would you feel some level of connection? Correct. But in so having so with a, with a bot, do you feel connected or disconnected? Bots, I must admit, are one thing that push my buttons. Yeah, right. Because I think they're so artificially programmed that if you go to answer a question outside of their scope, I can't help you with that. And it's fine for basic maybe change email addresses mm. or update account information or simple things that are within its process yeah. roadmap mm. for whatever word. But nine out of ten times, if I need something, it's probably late at night. I'm on my email, on my computer. I need it solved then and there because the kids... Sh- I just did it again. Kids. <laughs> kids are asleep. But Sports it's a reality soon, of life. It? It's, it's, you know, you do. You try and squeeze as many life admin things in at night. And mm. if there's no one to help you then and there or it's a bot you're getting at 10 at night when you're already tired, it's so frustrating. Yeah. And if I can just speak to someone instantly to get that sorted... It's a lot more effective. <laughs> and I saw today, I think, that uh, McDonald's have launched applying for a job through Amazon Echo as well. So you can do no. it. Just, you know, so just like, you know, using Siri just to apply for a job. And uh, I remember reading about Amazon actually being having an automated system for firing people as well in their yeah. warehouses as well, using yeah. AI to do that. Wow. It really takes that. You're, like you were saying before, the experience out of it, it really takes that connection out I am of it. the Terminator. It sure does. So, yeah, we can, we can use AI to make things you know, free us up to be more human but it's also if well, we don't implement it properly and this is the ethical debate that continues yeah. around the world and not just in recruitment and HR but across every area of, of humanity in a lot of respects is you know that once again that converges to the role that it plays and I, I think that there's still a lot to be worked out um, around that but at the same time they've got to test an experiment and figure out what works to be able to actually improve it and make it better but that echo piece you know and with, with McDonald's you absolutely will be in a position very very soon where you talk to Siri, you talk to your Google, you know, Google Assistant and say, find me a job. Mm. Find me a job near me. I want to do this, paying this amount of money, find me the job and therefore apply for the job. And then that might all be automated through the interview process. Yeah. And, and so once again, is that actually disenfranchising the human component to that? Is it speeding that up and it, therefore you, do you it's feel be, that it's better? You know, it's, it's, yeah. there's lots of, lots of layers to this. It depends, on, layers. it depends on the employment situation that you're you're looking at I think because I think Agreed. I think I as the world's, if the world's going more gig and we're looking at short term engagements right down to um, like your air taskers where mm. it's a two hour job why do I need a whole process to take me to the two hour job correct why wouldn't there just be data that makes all the connections and it's about my availability my skill set my experience or whatever is required yeah um, and my willingness to do it and you know, but like there's anything. some sort of an, a process, an automated process to get that. I go and end up just going do the doing the work, and two hours later, that that pays in my bank account too. Well, that's where personalization starts to come into it, isn't it? Yeah. So um, we've got one of our uh, one of our clients um, who was sharing a story with us around um, an application process for software engineers. 
it was the same application process with the same behavioral interview questions in the same scenario as a, as a box for software engineers. There was a person with Asperger's that actually applied for this job off the scale mathematic capabilities. And this was probably, would probably be one of the best software engineers they would ever have bombed in the interview. Clearly, because they just weren't comfortable in that scenario. It wasn't mm. designed and personalized to that situation. Yeah. And it was a massive fail on the organization's mm. behalf. Um, I think also, though, just touching on what, what Dave said, there's going to be different processes that are right for different types of jobs. Like yeah. I think yeah. that Air Task example is a great one because it's a short-term mm. gig. It's a one-off. It's or maybe one-off. But if you're looking at somebody to join a company, potentially, you know, looks look at senior executive role, mm. you know, that would not be probably the most effective way to find a senior ex- executive for a yeah. company or to find someone to necessarily lead a team where there's a lot of human connection required. Mm. It might filter off the first round of, of people, um, but I think the process needs to be applicable to the role you're trying to recruit. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Which, I mean, is, which, to TA from which is interesting when you think about human intuition. I think human intuition still plays a massive, massive role. Absolutely. Isn't it? A yep. gut feel element. So gut technology can't do that. It right. just can't. So there has to be human in the loop yep. as part of that because otherwise you won't get the right experience. Yeah. We're going to have to do a podcast on gut brain. Just flagging it now. Gut brain connection. <laughs> gut brain. It's, it's huge. Gut yeah. brain connection. <laughs> yeah. After a week in Barley, my gut brain is huge. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you. You've been in Barley Belly at the same <laughs> time. Oh, my goodness. But then, but then that intuition side is a double-edged sword too because I'm sure we all know lots of managers that have really, really bad at hiring people. Yeah. They, they bring in people that yeah. might talk but the talk. But when did, they I come hire, in, did I hire you, Matt? Or something? No, I think it was someone else. <laughs> He's right. No, you're absolutely right. And then that's where it comes yeah. back to the bias part as well, isn't it? Yeah. You, can't, you kind of make decisions based on what you actually know and how, what you've been exposed to you know, no, through, no, you through your you, life. You can't make recruitment, which is the most, it is the most subjective discriminatory activity that we do in HR, right? Yeah, and arguably if the old, second oldest industry in the world. I, I would say oh. third. I think it's third. You think it's third? Yeah, we had this discussion oh, have today. You? I should we, have read that. I think what that. happened was you know, prostitution, the yep, oldest profession. Yep, yep. Then they needed to organise themselves and, and get some benefits and that was the HR bit. <laughs> Union. And then as Union. as as the market demand grew, they had to recruit more. Yeah. So there you it's go. the third oldest. There you go. I think you're right. <laughs> but At least like the story. <laughs> <laughs> so third oldest profession, we can all agree on good, that. Good, good. No comment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Very diplomatic. <laughs> uh, what's, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a necessary evil. And I think we've all had experiences. I know mm. we before we started the recording, we were talking about you know, how crap experiences we've had with agency recruiters and, and all of that. I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, there goes a can of worms. <laughs> yeah, let's open up that one. Who wants to kick us nah, off with... Come on. Oh, I mean, I've had a... I I'm, I'm used to be married to a recruiter, so... Um, <laughs> used to be. <laughs> but I won't, go, I won't go there. I won't yeah, go there. Exactly. There's another can of worms. <laughs> Whoa. Um, uh, but yeah, on, on both sides of the fence, you know, having to go through agencies early in my career to get a job, um, you had really great experience, really bad experiences, but then as soon as you start becoming a manager or you run a business, you start getting your inbox flooded by a lot of really bad sales pitches oh, as well. Yeah. And a lot of that feels like really impersonal AI, to be honest. It's all very, very similar, all the same sort of buzzwords that kind of come through. Yeah. 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 Especially when they put the wrong company name in yes. the email. Or dear yes. first name. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that old classic oh. one. Dear, oh. dear, 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 dear F name is yeah. the other yeah. one. Yeah. 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 No, I, th- I think you're right on the... Um, I, I keep coming back to value. So, you know, um, if, if you're not providing value, you get found out. And it doesn't yeah. matter what you're doing. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah. 
And so I think that, you know, agency is really interesting because I used to be a recruiter uh, myself um, in the IT recruitment space and I could barely spell IT uh, when I moved into the, uh, into the industry. <clears throat> but arguably, ultimately what it is, it's, it's, a, it's a selling job. Um, but what I think you'll find in agency is I think there'll be a massive amount of consolidation that will occur. Um, agency, uh, you would argue, is trying to play the human element, but largely, um, if you think about RPOs as an example, where they're just for everyone's benefit, RPOs, recruitment process outsourcing, where, uh, where you're literally bringing a recruitment team that's from another organisation, an agency, particularly into your business, they're being brought in to run process fundamentally. But what if technology could run process? So once again, what role is the agency playing in that and what value do they bring? I do think actually they can bring, bring value in an IP level in terms of actually consulting on what is best practice, how should you be doing things, et cetera. Um, but then again, HR could do that as well, yeah? Um, that so it is an area where we've been discussing. The machines are actually going to get better at doing that than the humans. Absolutely. If it's about rep- you know, process automation, mm. yeah. you know, if it's human process automation converting to robotic process automation, yep. then you, know, we, you would argue the machines are better at that stuff once they're configured to do it. Correct. So then where does, to your point, where does the value go? Mm. Where do we shift value mm. in that whole recruitment chain? Yeah. Um, my feeling is, and, and I'm, I'm someone who gets, I, I would get inboxed three times a week because of the job title I have yeah, and the likewise. fact that, that we yeah. are in the workday space. Yeah. Right? Fundamentally. So we're an attractive place for recruiters to want to position people. So I get, I get, I get those a lot. To me, um, most of them don't appear to add any value. The, s- the ones that do are the ones that bring something very specialised to the table. I think you're right. And and can bring something that I don't think I can go out and get myself. Mm. Yeah, I think you've just hit the nail on the head these days. It is so easy to find good talent if you have the time, you know, with access yeah. to LinkedIn, to networking. You know, you post and say, who knows someone in this field that could do this? You know, again, human connection, word of mouth. Um, if you don't have the time, I agree, the specialised talent and the people you know and trust, but very rarely you're going to go and find a recruiter in an area that you don't know. You'll find a recruiter that you know, they've either done something before, they've, they've placed someone in a business that's been successful and you trust them and you know their value for money. So again, you know, yeah. all those elements sort of looping back into... What's, what's changed you, from your days in agency recruitment to now? And I guess you've got that... Um, you know the perspective of working on a for a technology company in the space that's perhaps um, been part of the cause for changing shifting the nature of jobs in mm. that mm. side of things. What's what's your what's your view on? Yeah, so so I think I think I think Mich- Michelle's right. So um, I think what I'm seeing and what I'm observing is that I think you'll see a consolidation in the general space just because access to talent is so much easier um, now than it ever used to be. So I've got, if I think back when I started in recruitment, it was a Rolodex. I think when I started, it was the day before um, the dot-com crash. Um, so yeah, I was right. brought in saying, rivers of gold, rivers of gold, you'll pay your house off within a year. And then it was, yeah. boom, there's the yellow pages, go and get some work. <laughs> uh, and so that was my introduction to the recruitment yep. space. So pre-iPhone. Pre-iPhone. Pre, right. Pre, pre sort of... Uh, so it used to be... Pre-WAP phone. It used you know, to be so. BC and AD, the time nominations, but it's now, you know, before iPhone. Yeah. After oh, right. iPhone, yeah, that's probably world, pretty fair. The whole world changed. That's pretty pretty fair. Um, so so I think you know there was I think before before the internet, yeah, recruitment was an art form. 
it was actually a form of coercion. It was really about the sell. It was really about the active go out, tap you on the shoulder, find the right talent, network really heavily. Yeah. It's now become transactional because right. yeah. through, the, through the advent of job boards and in the internet, it just came easy to mm. get talent when you needed to get talent. You whack a job up on online and boom, you get 100 applications straight in, straight out. Yep. So what it has moved to over the last decade has actually been, it's been transactional. It's all been processing. Mm-hmm. But once again, as technology begins to actually start changing that process and take over that process, I think what you'll find is where the value sits is actually it's specialized and it's at exec- ex- executive. Yeah. Um, because at the executive, it's about private and it's about relationship uh, and network. Whereas at specialist, it's really about deep knowledge and IP around what good looks like mm. in that space. Um, or great for that matter. Or great. Yeah. yeah. Hey, are we the, um, the only recruiter in the 2000s not to have an English accent? I, uh, and, and, and be based out of Bondi. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I would have been up there. And in fact, it's funny you say that because I was the only Australian person in my organisation that were all from England. So uh, yeah, that's a pretty fair statement. I don't think it's evolved too much. Pack of bloody geezers, a lot of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, God love them. God love them. But look, I think there is... You know, there's been a lot of talk about the death of agency for a very, very long time. And the, re- the rebut of that from the agency is, is that, yes, we've always heard that and then we're still here. We're still here. I think they will continue to still be here. I just think the role they play will evolve. If they can bring that experience part of it. Like that's Correct. the thing we're complaining about is the bad experience of having yeah. an impersonal email or yeah. getting a, you know, a candidate that doesn't quite match your culture. Or, you yeah. know, it's really about that connection, that experience piece. And, and I think with that, care. Yep. Um, so, you know, there's this actually element of, you know, give a crap yeah. um, about the person who's on the other side of the table. Take the time and give the care. That candidate care part is just a massive part where I think, once again, the value can really be focused in agency. It's interesting, though, because I, I then look at the side of having the company having to invest time with the recruiter to actually get them on board to understand the culture of the business. Half the time, you can't be bothered, mm. to be honest, because mm. by the time you've done that, you've actually probably found your people. Well, and here's the other interesting thing. It's not like they don't have access to that information anymore. Yeah, um, very true, actually. Yeah. Very it's true. all out there. Yeah, very true. Yeah? yeah? Yeah. So there's an opportunity for them to do some work. I mean, look, I won't lie. There, is, <laughs> there are a couple of recruiters. <laughs> <a bit> <laughs> <laughs> what, like? Yeah. Stab, stab. Google, perhaps? <laughs> um, LinkedIn? <laughs> you know, no. search? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've had one of my most favourite roles, actually. I was headhunted by a recruiter for it, and I wasn't looking, wasn't interested or I took the role and it was a great role, but wasn't looking and wasn't, hadn't seen the role um, because they'd privately gone to a recruiter. So there are some, I guess, roles out there where I do believe, like you said, that, that the executive or specialised, there is that necessity for it. Great. Um, but it does come back to, you know, again, that human element of relationships, trust, connection. Well, it's intuition. such an emotional process on both sides, isn't it? Oh, when you're looking well, for a job, like you, you know, you're feeding be. a family, you're paying a mortgage. But then when you're an employer as well, like, you you know, if it's your business, you really care about that business. Yeah. yeah. And you really want to find the right person. And there's nothing more frustrating than sitting down and briefing someone and what your business is and going through all that. And then you're just getting someone who's just way off the mark. Um, yeah. Yeah. But the thing about stress events in your life, like the big events yeah. in your life, you know, Getting married, having a child, buying a house, mm-hmm. you know, changing jobs yeah. is yeah. a massive one. You know, death in the family. Like those things are big yeah. life events, mm-hmm. aren't Absolutely. they? Yeah. 
And hiring a person such a massive investment, sure not, not just financially, but emotionally and all the time you've got to put into managing them, coaching them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly right. And then losing a person, you know, when, yeah. you've, when you've spent so much yeah. time getting the person, I've been through that experience Kills, recently. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's why we're coming back to those sort of what do they learn from HR tech, you know, that, yeah. that people experience piece, you know, they talk about employee experience and mm. candidate experience, but God, at the end of the day, it's just people experience. Mm. Like, how do you look after your people? Yeah. Uh, and once again, just spend some time and focus and care and attention. Uh, mm. on that because um, mm. it is it's very hard to get distracted on your KPIs your OKRs etc and you're just trying to drive and I, you know, I was listening to your podcast around performance on the way in here mm. and when you think about performance um, you know that's a classic for in the way in which you're hiring people and you know as you guys were, were talking about in the last podcast I thought about impact um, you know kind of how do you have an impact and I think once again the same mm. goes with recruitment and technology as well as how does it have some level of impact to add value and likewise the people you bring it's mm. really interesting to say that I'm working with a client at the moment and their um, vision or their why is impact tomorrow there you go and um, it's, it's perfect yeah you know, what yeah. a great segue because that's where I was headed Ooh. what's, what's we had impact on tomorrow's recruiter going to be give us a, you, were, you were there a decade or two ago Mm. you've seen the future in Vegas. Mm. Paint a picture f- for us of what it might look like in a decade's time. So I've actually seen some tech already doing this. Um, so we, we talked about some of those Siri examples and things like that. But you will absolutely, and I've, and I've already seen it with the, with the tech at the moment, where it'll be voice activated. Everything's moving voice. Um, yep. Has been particularly for a while. in America. Like every time oh, yeah. I go to the states, I am flabbergasted by how many people are just barking instructions in their yeah. phones. I'm like, Come it's on. weird. You know, <laughs> why can't you type? <laughs> exactly um, right. Because mm. it takes me like a quarter of the time not to. Yeah. So, so I actually had this demonstrated to me last year where they said, okay, well, um, uh, show me data scientists based in Michigan. Okay, now show me data scientists based in Michigan between the age of 35 and 45. Now show me, show me the, the gender diversity split um, of those people. Now show me this, now show me that. So I think what you'll find in recruitment is that um, everything will feel um, faster, easier and accessible. Um, and so mm. hopefully, 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 what that does, uh, and I don't have a crystal ball on this, is that it actually plays out the way we're hoping to play it out, which is that you start focusing on the more human aspects um i think the i think time will tell to be really honest on that side Uh, there's been a lot of talk about this piece over the decades and it still just hasn't played out the way we think it's going to play out yet um so i think that the other part you talked about gig before Mm. uh dave Mm. i think that's going to be the other part like what is the workforce of tomorrow and what does the mix of that workforce look like and how does the how to sort of the mental shackles, how do you mm. break the mental shackles um, psychologically, particularly within the executive side of the organization down where saying, you know what, it's okay for the mix of our organization to have this person over there working one day for us and one day for our competitor. Yep. Mm. Exactly. Um, and that's something that people really struggle yep. to actually understand the restraint and of accept. Yeah. In, uh, in employment contracts. So, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I think you'll see a lowering. I hope you really start to yeah. see a lowering. I, I feel like just on, on that point, my feeling is that we're going to move from uh, people who are recruiters to a focus on, on borders because what's going to be the biggest challenge for organisations in that gig style of future work is not actually, I mean, finding the talent is one thing mm. but it's actually getting them on and off faster than we do today Yeah, and that's where the differentiation is going to be for organisations. There's still going to be a world where you know, the organisation and its culture will differentiate it Yeah, but if you're, if you're bringing people on and off that You've got, you're going to have to focus on that. 
yeah. as, as a really key attribute. I, I reckon the other the other thing as you were talking there, I was thinking about is that you are going to see a, a real sort of pivot um, back towards some of the old ways of working. Um, so I talked about you know the fact that it's become quite transactional over the last decade. I think you're going to start mm. to see it come back to the art. Does that mean we're going to get the long Friday lunches in Melbourne again? God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Whether budget allows for it, it'll be something interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, I, I think you are going to see the art start to come back to get back into it. Yeah. It's going to be more about the uh, the marketing and the sell. Um, so, and I think the other thing you're seeing, particularly in terms of candidates, is um, they're a lot more perceptive. Um, yeah. They do a lot more research. Um, and they're actually being a lot more selective, yeah. And particularly around things of the high level, mission, it's, it's the vision, pa- values, yeah. oh, you know, yeah. without a doubt. It's that yeah. parallel with consumer, right? So candidates, Absolutely. employees, they're con- they're consumers in all aspects of their life now, and they treat it that way. Yeah. yeah. And that's why companies really need to have, I guess, their back house together and their alignment in terms of what they are here to deliver and what is their social element of that, because people are so connected to purpose these days, and it's not just about Yes, there's an element of I've got a mortgage or I you know, need to you know, pay for X, Y and Z, but they're spending more time essentially at work than they are at home yeah. um, and they want to feel like they're connected to something that's doing good or adding value or giving back. Or, um, and I think that is becoming a lot more prevalent in companies that can't articulate that and also don't align to that. It's one thing, again, to say we do this, but to actually deliver it um, is very uh, interesting. Mm. Just yeah. just to connect that back to that marketing piece, I think mm. where and we're already starting to see this, you'll find that the recruitment function starts to merge in with the marketing function. Oh, without a doubt. Um, yeah, without I, I a caught up with an old colleague of mine yesterday for a coffee, and she used to be the HR director um, of where I was previously working, and she's now the chief customer officer, yeah. and that's customer internally and externally. Yeah, mm. and it's a beautiful it's merge of how these worlds are starting to actually converge, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. And I think if they're not actually in the business, because I think recruitment typically is seen as a service line or a cost line yep. um, and kind of almost a little bit of a pain in the ass, even though it's actually doing the most important role mm. in the business is getting great talent. I think you will Spoken see like them. A, like a yeah. recruiter. Yeah, exactly right. Um, so but Matt, it's just learning is more important than the recruiter. Oh, well. But we, we've got, you know, I, no, I, I, I see that. I, I see that. Actually, you do agree with that. that. Yeah, no, you're trying to start a fight here, but I do actually, yeah. I do. Damn yeah, I mean, if you hire someone who doesn't have the potential, yeah. you, you know, all the training and you know, development in the world is not going to not going to yeah, help. Well, that. And that would be sunken cost. Yeah, so yeah, completely. Um, yeah, but but I think once again, you know, understanding the opportunity around learning. Mm-hmm. Um, working closer under, uh, around people stories. Yep. You know, Mish, you and I have talked a lot about people stories over the journey. Like how does, how does recruitment get access to that? Mm. To be mm. able to amplify that, to actually thereby be able to position the brand better. Yep. And that's where, once again, you dial up mission, vision, purpose. Yep. Uh, and, and you that's start to attract people that are more aligned to that. So therefore, Absolutely. culture improves, engagement improves, and it becomes this happy little magical, you know, wonderland. Yeah. Unicorn forest. Yeah, unicorn forest. Did you see any unicorn forests over in Vegas? I saw three, actually. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Maybe that's a, a conversation a, for later was tonight. Was that before <laughs> or after the magic mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs> My well, wife will listen to this podcast. Hi, <laughs> 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 Lou. <laughs> Shout out to Lou. Yeah. Hey, um, well, we could uh, literally, we could talk for hours and I reckon we will once we turn I the I reckon there needs off. to be part two on this um, mm-hmm. that goes yeah? into the workforce for tomorrow. Michelle, you say that every week. You love these conversations, don't you? Go back and listen you? to them. Have I ever I said a part two? I think so. Maybe once. Maybe in a very... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. the magic mushrooms are coming on your side. I'm getting the stink eye now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jet lag. Yeah, jet lag's kicked in. 
No, but you're right. I think we've only, again, just scratched the surface. Mm. Al, would you join us again sometime? I think I, you've been I'd, an awesome guest, an awesome human. Thank you. Um, so thank you very much for being Humans part of, of it today. Matt, having you in person, beautifully coiffed, trimmed beard and all. Well, you should do this in video. I wash my hair just for you. <laughs> Fantastic. You do look very sl- like slick and very dapper. I must admit, when you came out to say hi, I was like, "Oh, this is thank you, now, like thank face you." To face. I've even got elbow yeah. patches on today for you oh, all nice as well. Work, yeah. well played, Professor. Very, yeah, yeah, nice job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to look smart anyway. <laughs> live, live video stream. Yeah, Definitely yeah. the best dressed person. <laughs> and Michelle, as always, thank you so much. You are the lifeblood of this podcast, <laughs> and we appreciate you Thanks, pulling Dave. this together. <laughs> and uh, thank you to all of you out there. Please keep the uh, the comments and feedback coming, and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, That's all we've got time for today and we'll uh, look forward to catching you all again real soon. Thank you. Bye. See you. Later. Ciao. Ciao. (laughs)